With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. Good morning, Aroostook County. This is the Aroostook Watch and Radio Show. Coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network. Coming to you from Monticello, Maine on 780 AM. In Bangor and Brewer on 96.5. And around the world on the internet on TalkShoe.com. T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E. TalkShoe.com. My guest host this morning is Phil Merletti. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Ah, not too bad. A little chilly on the pumpkin in uh, northern New England today. <laughs> Holy smokes. This is one of those days when you sniff and your nose pieces freeze together. Your nose hairs freeze. Oh, goodness. Goodness. When you get old, when you, get old you find out you have nose hairs. Yeah, yeah. But let's not go there. <laughs> on the old stuff, you and I both. Anyway... You can uh, join the conversation at TalkShoe.com. Just go there, look for Rustic Watchman, or you get the uh, little code. The call ID is 52956. You can jump right in and uh, be part of the conversation. Well, let's see. We'll do a couple of announcements first, and then we'll jump into all kinds of crazy stuff. There's a lot going on. And um, as I titled the show today, SAD, not depressed. I am not depressed. I am not depressed. Do not send the little guys in the white coats. I'm sad. Just sad. As we watch freedom crushed in the land of the free. Hmm. Land of the free. Past tense, folks. You can now look at so many other countries, so many other areas of the world where freedom is actually increasing as it's being crushed in front of your eyes. And you know what? Your uh, your church, your synagogue, or your brothel, all the same, completely hoard out their authority and responsibility. And they're just watching what happens. Got permission to live. Got permission to exist. Got permission to function as we watch freedom crushed all across the country. We're going to touch on a few of those as we get into the different issues this morning. Um, Let's see. In uh, about two hours in Millinocket, there is a meeting presentation being given by Hal Shirtliff. Uh, Phil, do you know the restaurant? Oh, geez. Um, Ruthie's. Ruthie's Restaurant. Okay. That's right on the road between the highway and um, downtown Millinocket. Right, you you can't miss it. It's it's on the main drag there. I can't remember the darn number. Had you asked me to right have it in front of me, I would have done that. But um, I had a had a wait a second to even remember Ruthie's. Hey, you got that part right. I didn't. I'd forgotten that part. But anyway, Hal Shirtlift will be uh, giving a presentation there at ten o'clock, and um, it's pretty. Pretty good presentation. Uh, this is something you need to listen to, folks. If you're in that area or can you get there um, in the next couple hours, you you would do well to do it. And the good part is you get to rub shoulders with some like-minded folks. We need to know each other face-to-face, not uh, Facebook, not Facebook, not uh, – <clears throat> you don't know who the trolls are. We know that <laughs> – we know that we're being trolled all the time. In fact, the uh, 
head of Homeland Security just told you that he is a troll. He is trolling you. So if you don't know the person you're giving personal information to, face-to-face, nose-to-nose, then you have no idea where that information is going. Let me tell you, it is out there. And they are telling you that they are going to use everything. Listen, I wasn't going to get into this. How do I go down these roads? We were talking more than 10 years ago, but six years ago on this show, Steve and I were talking about the encroachment of big government and in your life. Well, you know, everybody kind of looks at you and says, you guys are really into that conspiracy stuff. Well, when the head of Homeland Security and the United States government says that they are going to be able to monitor your refrigerator, all of our conspiracy theories should come flashing before your eyes. Those guys were right. Oh, my goodness, how could that be? Don't tell anybody. Please don't tell anybody that they were right. Oh, yeah, Homeland Security, any smart device, including your smart TV that Samsung says, by the way, don't stand in front of it naked, stupid, Uh, Don't stand in front of it and have a discussion on anything you might be doing that might not coincide with the government's uh, licensing bureau. Hmm? They're telling you, and nothing changes. That's the sad part to me. Nothing changes. How many of you have, you know, gone along with a joke? It's a joke, folks. It's a joke. Yeah. Why why do you why do you wear your your firearm in the house, honey? Well, you know, I told a joke, and my wife laughed, and I laughed, and the TV laughed, and I shot the TV. <laughs> Wake up, folks. It's here. It's not coming. It's not futuristic. It's not, well, maybe. Well, you know, that pick would never really do that. They'll just talk about it. Really? Really? They just told you in the last week that they are doing it. They're going to make it more. They're going to increase security at all those places where there's no danger. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, we're going to increase security, TSA. We're going to improve. TSA hasn't done squat diddly to suppress any kind of uh, security, to increase any kind of security. All it's done is make you less free. You, you personally, you personally, will you take this personal, people? Please take it personal. This is not some euphemistic pie in the sky. It's cloud. It's not a cloud. There is no cloud. It's just somebody else's computer. You don't really think that all this information goes to the cloud, do you? It's somebody else's computer. They're reading your mail. Come on, people. Ugh. Anyway, good morning, Phil. Now that good I've done morning. that, right, Jess, for just a couple of seconds. Well, I wanted to uh, jump into uh, something, uh, that, or not something, but what you just mentioned about the meeting that Hell is going to be having this morning at 10 o'clock at Ruthie's in Millinocket. Um, one of the issues that he gets into is really an important issue, and that's on police consolidation in the United States. Um, One of our strengths is not only people behind their doors with firearms, but it's their local police, and it's the protection that the local police can give to their neighbors and also to the state police and to the sheriffs and whatever. But as we look at history, we see that if you've unified the people in the local police departments, and one one of the subjects with with, uh, Mr. Chertloff is... Wait a minute. You're talking about local police departments? Yes. No, you're talking about police that are hired by the municipality. Right. Which is but, but we will get into that. Um, Corp- corporate employees, remember. Yep, we will get into that um, as, okay. as we go down this road. Um, if, if there ever was 
and and um, we, it was kind of contested or even thought of during the Second World War when Japan wanted to invade America. They were quite uh, afraid to to do that because they knew the people had firearms. They also knew that there was a a contingency of of uh, military people in, in in each state. They knew that there was a police force um, um, in, in each one of these states. So it, it kind of became a deterrent, and that deterrent is still here today. Um, even though we have the the corporate police and the state police and and, and the sheriffs, if, if there was ever an, an invasion, and let, not, notwithstanding the the federal government or any of the federalized forces, um, we know darn well that these police forces would come to the aid of the people. But if we look very closely, we're starting to see that there is a consolidation of police forces with the intent to federalize all the police forces in, in the United States. And, and this is one of the subjects that hell gets into. And I'm, I'm not going to say that it's really nice to have these corporate police around, uh, but um, they, there is a need if they do things properly and if they do things right. And we could get into that later on. But I just wanted to say that if, you're, if you were to attend uh, Mr. Shirtloff's um, meeting there, you would see that there, there, there is a need for people to unify and to make sure that the police force, whether they be corporate or state or, or, or sheriffs or whatever, that they follow the law. And we're starting to find out that they don't follow the law. And there's reasons why they don't follow the law. Corporate law. Right. They follow we, the corporate law. Yeah, so we're... It gets very confusing, folks, because we have not been paying attention. And and that's the real problem, is we're not paying enough attention. Because, yes, although you and I, all the good people would say, yeah, you know, as long as they follow the law, that's that's great. But we forget to ask, which law? That's correct. Which law are they following? Are you following the, the law that says that... Uh, you can't move that eagle egg. Why can't you move an eagle egg? Why can't you touch, disturb an eagle egg? Hmm? Any idea? There must I, be an eagle in it. Well, my... You, th- you think my, so? My first think thought is, is uh, I would talk to mommy and daddy eagle first of all before they yeah, get yeah. eyes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They've got a right to protect themselves and, and their family. Um, that's that's certainly one side of it. But the other side of it is <clears throat> you have to make an assumption when you look at that egg that's being heavily guarded by mom and dad eagle. There's a law that says you can't you can't touch that egg, right? How come? Real, let's, let's get real basic. There's probably a hamster inside that egg, right? Oh, wait a minute. Not. It's not I a hamster. Not. Oh, no. It, it's probably an eagle. You think it's an eagle in that egg? Or is it a, um, a gecko? Is there a gecko in that egg? No, there's not. What's in that egg? Phil. That's a good question. What do you think is in that egg? No, seriously. A baby eagle, maybe? Oh, so that that baby eagle is assumed to be in the egg. It's not just some, some extra tissue in that egg. It's protected because the law says so. Now, we should, you and I, and everybody should, be careful not to damage that egg and not to disturb those eagles just because it's the right thing to do. But we have a law that says you can't, okay? But you, because you have freedom of choice and you can have a little bump in your tummy and you can go down to the local um, baby butcher shop and have that little thing removed because it's not a human 
like the, the egg has that that eagle's egg. Definitely, we we know that that has an eagle in it. But because we're so blooming smart, we we really not sure that that bump in mommy's tummy is a human. It could be something else, and it's just a tissue, and we could just eliminate it by choice. You can just that's your choice. You can't choose to move that eagle egg, not one inch, even if you thought it was going to protect the eagle. You can't move it. But you can go rip that piece of tissue out because we're not really sure it's uh, human. It's just tissue. Cause we're exactly. you, forgot, you forgot two components there. They not only touch and remove that tissue, they also destroy it, and then they put it on the market for sale. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. How, how would? <laughs> yeah. How how much for this eagle egg? What do you give me for this eagle egg? I would go to jail for forty years if I sold an eagle egg. Let alone a feather that was just laying there in the. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I think you can pick up the feather if it's on the ground, right? Or does that have to be? No. Nope. Does that have to disintegrate nope. back to Mother Earth? Not allowed to touch that either. Really? Okay, so so we've got the freedom to kill a baby human. Now, let's see. But if you go down, it's, uh, there's people just been put in jail. Lavoie Finnegan was just brutally murdered on the street. You know, Oregon. And all the people that were there, they're, they're in jail, they've been arrested, and um, including one of the guys that uh, Pete Santilli. You know who Pete Santilli is, Phil? No, no. Refresh my memory. He's, a, he's a, an alternative media, alternative media guy. He never spent one night at the um, Federal Bureau of Land Management facility there in uh, Oregon. He is not a member of um, the 3% group. He is, he's got a, a web TV uh, video reporting thing, and he does alternate media. He's in jail. He didn't commit any crime. Oh, wait a minute. He did. He was talking about your freedom. He was exercising free speech. If you don't think that's what this is about, people, you need to think about moving the egg. Doesn't you that have... happen in, in, in uh, countries where you don't have freedom? Doesn't that happen in, in countries where... Uh, there's socialism and communism and fascism. How, how could that uh, happen here in this country? Yeah, answer me that. Answer me that riddle, please. I think that's wake up. What do we got? What happened? I mean, listen, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say it right out front. This is what you allowed, because the cost, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Guess what? That's our job. That's not what we elect people to do. That's not what we hire the municipal police to do. That's our job. That's why I say that there's no difference between your church, your synagogue, and the local brothel. Not one bit of difference. You can just throw rocks at me. I hope you got a strong arm because I'm pretty deep in the bunker. It's up to us, people. You can't just you can't just assume that this is all going to work out. You can't just assume that somebody's going to fix it. They just that. As, as we've seen and torn apart 
better people than me, have been tearing apart all the information that they can possibly find on the Oregon standoff, the occupation. There's no way in the world that that roadblock that they set up on that road that the, that the Oregon folks were headed to, going to the next county to meet with the sheriff, everybody knew they were publicizing everything they were doing. They weren't, there was no clandestine. They weren't racing around. They weren't going through the back country over the hills on four-wheelers. They were going down the main road. Everybody knew where they were going. Everybody knew there was a meeting set up. There was an ambush. The secondary position was nothing but an ambush. It was on a curve where you couldn't see it. There were trees and stuff moved and in place. It wasn't one of those deals where, oh, they broke through our first place and they're going 55 miles an hour and so we have to set up in eight minutes. We have to have this set up so many miles down the road in order to block them. No, it was already there. It was already in place. The positioning was good. They knew exactly where they, what they were doing, and they murdered this guy. I'm telling you people, you better think about this. They set this guy up. One of them they knew was going to move. They fired at the truck before it left the first traffic stop. When it left to get out of the line of fire, it hit the roadblock. They killed the boy Finnegan. Oh well, let's go have coffee. Oh well, oh I think it's time for my morning swim. Really, really. You know, there's something serious here. Well, there's a lot of serious things here to look at, but when when you know and understand the hierarchy of law. You wonder, where were the sheriffs? And, and for the benefit of the people who are listening right now, and many people don't know this, but the sheriff is the supreme law officer of the county in each state where they reside. And he should be directly under the executive, who is the chief executive officer of the state, instead of out there floating by himself. That's correct. So also, why were the sheriffs... Just as an aside, people go with that, which I, want to, I want you to go right there. But in Oregon, the situation was they were leaving that area, that county where they were, because their sheriff was junk, going mm-hmm. to the next county because the sheriff wanted to hear their story. And they, he was killed before they could get there. Also we're just finding out that one of the reasons why they are suppressing everything and glomming on to everybody that was there that they said they weren't going to put in jail is in jail and they're locking them down is because apparently they got a lot of very interesting information off of the BLM's computers in that facility. Very incriminating, very damaging. The King's Land that is occupied by the king, controlled by the king's uh, sheriffs, if you will, the EPA, the BLM, the IRS, all the alphabet soup agencies. We are a feudal system, people, with the facade of freedom. If you don't think so, go hunting on the king's land. You will get visited but you can ask permission from the king to travel on the road if you get a license from the feudal lords. Go ahead, Phil. Okay, well, interesting. Um, where were the sheriffs when the FBI was there? Um, people don't realize that the sheriffs have the right to tell the FBI to go back home tell the CIA to go back home, to tell Homeland Security to go back home. It is the sheriff that is 
the supreme officer in that county. So my question, watching this going on, and I'm yelling at the TV, where are the sheriffs? And the reason why the sheriffs are not there is the sheriffs don't even realize the power that they have already. And that's because through the years, they've been dumbed down. In each state, the uh, statutes were created, and they give the power to the local police and the state police, and they allow the, the federal marshals and the FBI, CIA, Homeland Security to come into this their state. It's so that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, it's back to the original, original thought. Mm-hmm. It's up to us. Well, let them do it. Let me tell you, there was one sheriff right after 9-11 in Washington State when they were arresting just when the FBI was coming in, just blanket arresting people that said, no, you can't do that. They said, yeah, we can. They lost. He was proven to be correct. But one sheriff out of 3,200? Wow. Even 300 sheriffs out of 3,200 is not a good enough number, people. But it's up to you to enforce to support the sheriff. If you don't, it ain't going to happen. How many times have we told you that LePage numerous times asked us, not, not argumentatively, but how many are you? Well, we're four old white guys. Well, that's a big deal. How many are you? How many are we, folks? If you don't stand up, forget it. You can keep it. Well, Jack, times are changing, especially okay. here in Maine. I think you're right. Because of some activities that we've been doing, and I'm wondering if you'd like to get into those activities. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We've had some very interesting meetings the last few days. Sure have. Uh, Phil has a really good document, which is now in the hands of all the sheriffs, um, some police chiefs. Uh, who else is, is privy to your latest uh, edict? Well, very shortly and exponentially, um, I'm letting the news media know this and some lawyers because I'm looking for the implications of whether or not the sheriffs go through taking back the responsibility that they so deserve or if they decide that they don't want to. And by the way, they can't say no because they've already raised their hand and said that they would support the Constitution. So on, yeah, on, so, on that note, go ahead. So as every one of those people in Augusta or any other state capital that never read the document that they swore the oath to protect and defend, how nice. And that is where the essential reason why this has gone so far. And we've what been counts? harping for years. They've got to read, they've got to understand and study both the U.S. and the state constitution to make sure that they know how to use it. And People, what you're, saying, what you're saying, Phil, exactly, is we, we have to keep coming back to the simplest possible concept. That's why I started with the eagle egg obviously has an eagle in it. The constitution is something that they should all read, we should all read, but the oath, the oath is the, is the eagle inside the egg. The oath is there. It says, I know that there is really a law. I am going to support it. It's that simple. The oath. If you break the oath, the people should be outraged, just outraged, because they broke the egg that has the eagle in it. Mm-hmm. Well, this document that I put together kind of sums it up. Um, I labeled it the, hier- the Hierarchy of Law Enforcement in Maine. And what I did was I went back into history, and I, didn't, I had to go back into uh, the history of Maine. And roughly around 
uh, 50 years after the state became a state, actually 30 years after the state became a state. And, and um, people have to understand that the Constitution, being the supreme law of the land and the supreme law of the state, set up how the people would conduct themselves. And everybody agreed to this. And, and they agreed to work under the constitutions. And if a person was to violate another person's constitutional right, what do you do? Do you take the law into your own hands? No. They set up a system where there was a group of people that would be given the authority through the Constitution to take that person who violated another person's constitutional rights and to... Constitutionally protect right. No, right. There are no constitutional rights. I'm sorry. And, and you know, I'm, I'm corrected many times on, on saying that, and I'll probably continue to say it because people don't understand that the Constitution guarantees your natural, inherent, God-given rights. But what people normally say, and the average person, and, and, and probably 99.9999, all think that it's a constitutional right. Uh, if I say constitutionally guaranteed right, they don't understand that. So please forgive me for saying that, and I'll probably say that forever. But um, We all do the same thing. We're just yeah. so accustomed to it. It's right. just part of our, our dialogue. Right. So I, I apologize to the constitutionalist, um, but that's the reason why I say that is, is I don't like to confuse the people. So we've, we've got these rights that are, that are guaranteed to us. We can do anything we want, and no one should be able to stop us. But it's when we step on another person's God-given, natural, inherent rights that we need a force of people who would be willing to put their life on the line to protect those people and, and to uh, punish them in some manner um, through due process. So um, they set up this hierarchy of law. And how they set that up is each county, and, and they took this from... European law, English law, there were sheriffs in, in uh, each region, and they had constables. And I'm not going to get much into the constables uh, because they, they're hardly used today. Um, they created a municipal police force uh, in, in 1850, and there was really no problem in setting up a municipal police force, and there was a good reason for it, and I'm not going to get into it because we don't have that time. But I, I will say, and I would argue that point to the end, there was a need for a municipal police force. What happened in 1850, they gave the municipal policemen the same right as the sheriff. Without asking the sheriff, without reading the Constitution, finding out that the sheriff was the supreme law in each, each county, they just willy-nilly gave the power to the municipal police, too, without giving the sheriff the auspices over that municipal police force. And I guess I at think, that time, people I didn't realize was, what they were doing. I don't think it was really nilly. I think it was done very intentionally. Well, I'm going to uh, agree with you on that, but um, I, I kind of wind up getting put into a corner every time I say that, and they'll say, can you prove that that was the intent? And I say, well, it's obvious, and they'll say, no, it's not. So we right. all have, have an opinion. Yeah. So I, I'm going to stick with um, giving them the credit that they didn't know what they were doing back then and that they didn't read the Constitution like they should have because in 1825 there was a law in the book that uh, said that all school systems will teach the U.S. and Maine constitutions. As, as you know, Jack, that hasn't happened in, in, in centuries. So um, the... The local police department was created, and it was given the permission to function as the sheriff without the permission of the sheriff. Then, in 1921, after the highways and byways were created um, to connect each state and each town and each community, the Highway Commission here in Maine uh, saw fit to create statutes to... Um, set limitations as to how a person travels and, and, and um, whether or not they should be safe or whatever. And, and they created a group of people which are quite similar, similar to the highway patrols 
in many other states. And their job it was only one job, and that was to uh, ride up and down the highways on their motorcycles or horses or whatever, just to make sure that the people were were protecting them, that, that they were protected and whatever. So in 1925, this highway patrol um, were given the same power again as the sheriff, not only to enforce the state laws on the highways and byways, but off the highway and into the municipality. So now we have the local police departments, the municipal police departments, and the highway departments given the same power as the sheriffs, and again, without the permission of the sheriffs and the auspices. Then from 1925 all the way to this date here, the state police were given one power after another and taken away from the sheriffs. And it happened so slowly, the boiling frog, we all know what the boiling frog is about. Quick, put your hand up. Put your hand up. See if the temperature is different above you than it is where you're being boiled. Quick, put your hand up. So um, very slowly the sheriffs were boiled, and um, they they kept on getting pushed back and pushed back. The the court systems changed from county courts to district courts, and then the sheriffs were very slowly taken out of the court system because they couldn't afford to put their sheriffs into the courts anymore. The state created state marshals, and today we have a very weak group of people called our local sheriff's department. Actually, I was corrected the other day, sheriff's office. And, um, and and that's the way it is. So I sat back and I said, something is really wrong here. Let me look at this. And I went through all the laws uh, from 1822 to this day here, and this is what I found is that in 1850, when, when that law was created, all we need to do is to change one word and work right up to the revised statutes that we have today. And, and I want to reiterate this. The municipal police department and the state police department are working off of statutes. The sheriff's department is working off the Constitution. Oh, wait, wait, let's, okay, let, let's talk about that for just a second. We've got to get through to the, to the real meat of this. But statute versus Constitution. Um, the, the state's... The legislature has the authority to generate statutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's very specific. Why? As to how they do this. Oh, well, okay. The Constitution very, very clearly states that the legislature, yes, does have the right and the only right to create law under the Constitution if, and these are the three conditions, it has to be under the benefit in defense of, and I'm going to underline this word, all, all, A-L-L, all the people in Maine, not just a, a specific group or, or a type of group or an economic group or a religious group, but all has to be for the, the benefit and defense. And here's the key word. It cannot be repugnant to either the U.S. or Maine Constitution. So many well, times I wait, hear... Well, wait, a, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean you, you, we, they can't just amend the Constitution and then it's no longer repugnant? We'll just, well, the people vote to amend it and then it's not repugnant. Well, that's, that again, the, the amending of the Constitution can't be repugnant to itself. You cannot... You can't uh, vote away uh, your own rights, and you can't you can't uh, uh, um, override actually, my rights or yours. So there's something that's actually engraved in stone. Yeah, most definitely, it is in the Constitution. Both constitutions. Huh. That's, I think that's why they want people to go in the side door of the Supreme Court, and nobody uses the front doors because they don't want you to see what's engraved in stone. There people. you go. There you go. Don't want you to know you are the power and they want to make sure that you are dumbed down, satiated, 
watch the football game, throw Beyonce a few million dollars. Really? Really? Jeez. Okay, so we can't do that. So now what? So now what I did was I put this 10-page report together, and I made contact with my own sheriff. Out of respect for my own sheriff, I didn't want to go out of his jurisdiction first and let everybody know what's going on. And, and I said to him, I'm sending this report out to you, and I want to set up a meeting with you so that we might discuss it. Now, you would think that if I wasn't right or if I was just some crazy crackpot, which uh, a, a lot of people say we are, um, he would have said, Phil, I don't want to meet with you. He said, Phil, we're meeting as soon as possible. I also sent this out to a, another sheriff down in Hancock County, hoping that I'd be able to meet with him on the same day that I met with my own, own sheriff. And I also sent a copy out to the president of the Sheriff's Association, asking him to review it with the intent that I go before all the sheriffs in the state of Maine. And uh, my sheriff picked right up on it, and he, he was able to um, make room for me uh, last Tuesday, and, and I met with him, and he says, you know, you, you made this so easy to read, and he says, it's so scary that up to this point, no one has ever challenged the power of the state police or the municipal police because they're working off of statutes, and we're working off the Constitution. He says, you've made this so plain and clear that things need to change, and we need to be given back the power that we deserve under the Constitution. He said, however, the state police are not going to like this, and the municipal police are not going to like this. And he says, some of our, our sheriffs may not like this because this is more responsibility. And I said, I'm going to bring you back to the Constitution. Article 9, the first section, has two oaths that everyone who is a state employee must take and it says very clearly that they that's must case. support the Constitution. See, that's just case closed. And nobody likes, nobody wants this engraved in stone concept. This is why a couple years ago when you and I were at the, the um, Tea Party thing, mm -hmm. I addressed that. You know, there's parts of that Bible that I really don't like. But it's graved in stone. I don't have the option to say, oh, I'll take this part, but not this. Too bad. Too bad. doesn't work that way. It's all or nothing deal. It's not a menu. You don't get to take the love part without the discipline part. Sorry. Too bad. Grow up. Get your big boy pants on. So what's your sheriff going to do about this? Well, um, little did I know that the day before I met with him, he and several other sheriffs had a conference call discussing this. Oh, and, I'd like to have on that call. Oh, I would have loved to have been a fly on that one there. <laughs> but whether I was or not, here's the thing, Jack. You and I used to joke about this all the time. We, we went around the state and had our, our seminars and, and teaching people about the Constitution you had a statement uh, dealing with deniability. What was that statement uh, about deniability? Yeah, yeah um, goodness. Oh, you're getting old like me. That's yeah, I'm getting old. I, yeah. was, I forgot to. But anyway, the the point is possible deniability destruction zone. No, there was another word too, but um, plausible deniability. Yes, yes, plausible <laughs> deniability. They cannot use plausible deniability anymore. Once you know the truth, if you hide the truth, you become a liar. If you come out with the truth, then you've done the right thing. There's an old Indian saying, to know and to not do is to not know. You know so, I, just, just a quick aside. On, a, a number of years ago, I was in a, a meeting with uh, two associates, and one of them was a in his, in his uh, government life, had a very high security clearance and was still active um, part-time government. And as we were having this discussion, it was about manufacturing folks. It wasn't about insurrection. But we were talking about something, 
And he said, oh, stop, stop. I said, what, what's the matter? What's the problem? She says, don't, don't say any more about that. If you do, then, then, then it messes me up. I have to have plausible deniability. If you tell me any more, then I can't be part of this conversation. So, so we've got to change the direction of the conversation. So what are you talking about? He said, I have to be able to say I never heard that. So don't say any more so I can maintain my integrity. My jaw hit the floor. But that's and that's the reason. That's the reason why our legislature refuses to read the Constitution. Mm-hmm. If they don't know the Constitution, they could violate it all the time they want and say, geez, I didn't know that. But for those of you who, who, who've ever been before a judge, and you tell, go ahead and tell a judge, I didn't know that was the law. He's going to look at you and he's going to say this one phrase. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. I bring it one step further and say, ignorance of the supreme law of the state and the land is no excuse, which means you better know the Constitution. No matter who you are, Governor. That's right. Sorry. So based on that now, every time anyone reads this report, there's no plausible deniability anymore. They now know that and you know we could say there was a a conspiracy. We could say it was ignorance. We could just say they just didn't understand what they were doing. They thought they were doing the right thing. It sounded good. Jesus, so nice to be able to have municipal police and state police who who can arrest people and and enforce the law and help out the sheriffs. What a wonderful thing! You know we've got all these neat people out there now um, supporting the people, but they're not supporting the Constitution because they follow the statutes. And, and uh, I'm fortunate to have a real good sheriff here in Penobscot County. And he understood the difference between enforcing the statutes and enforcing the Constitution if there's a conflict. He understood that, and he told me that he understood that way before I even mentioned that. And I was so proud of him um, to, to have read the, the, the Constitution, whether he read it before I gave him his own copy a while back, or whether he knew it, I don't know, but I give him the credit for him to now know that he follows the statutes, and he's a firm believer in in only following Article 1, Sections 1 through 24, and and not necessarily the statutes, unless the statutes come under the umbrella of the U.S. and Maine constitutions. So make a long story short here, because I know we're running low on time here. there is plans in the works uh, to, to, to hopefully get me before the Sheriff's Association. I'd like to be able to talk to all the sheriffs and, and get them all on the same page. Um, we need to find um, a, a few legislators who are willing to take on the task to create two bills, or they could wrap it up into one bill. I'd like to see it in two bills in case one got shot down. But um, where there's only a few word changes, uh, one word change, as a matter of fact, on the uh, municipal police and a partial sentence between two commas, which implants the power of the sheriff into the uh, recent statutes that give the state police their their autonomous or, or their use the wrong word their their separation from the auspices of the sheriff's department, and then that's all it took. Bleep bleep. That's all, folks. Simple. Two simple little bills that would change everything around. And you know something? It would not change much in the hierarchy because um, they, they already have their hierarchy. It would just be a, a, a matter of uh, the police realizing who's really in charge here. And what would really change is now that many of the sheriffs realize that it's the Constitution and not the statutes, I think I think the domino effect would, would come into play here and very slowly, a lot of what we wanted to do over these past six years is to look at each one of these unconstitutional statutes and start removing them from the record. Well, one of the things that will happen with that, which is why there's going to be a lot of pushback, is, as you know, right now, the way things are, the way the laws, the current status quo, 
there is no lawful requirement for any police department, state or municipal, not, we're not talking about the sheriff now, any municipal department to respond to the person, to the people's call. They mm-hmm. have no legal requirement to do that because they work for the corporate entity known as the town or the city. Mm-hmm. The sheriff, on the other hand, is a different story. So, if the municipal police or the state police come under the auspices of the sheriff, that will change. It most definitely will. And they're not going to like that. Domino. We're looking at the domino effect here. And it's going to happen um, very slowly, but uh, it's something that we've wanted to happen for a long time. I've pondered this for a long time, and it was one of the irons that I had in the fire many years ago. And um, as I began my pulling of the irons out of the fire and going into retirement, uh, I wanted to really lock this one in. But I, I locked it in with with that um, strategy behind it, is that once once this becomes a reality and once the Constitution begins to slowly resurface, um, the domino effect is going to take place, whether they like it or not. Uh, again, we... This is great, Phil. You did a a super yeoman's job of doing this. This is a great document, great concept. And, again, this is is the reason why I have taken on the right to travel issue so heavily, Mm -hmm. because it's so fundamental. It's so basic. It's like knowing that there's really an eagle inside that egg and not a hamster. The fundamentals are what we have to come back to. The oath. The oath is fundamental to making sure that everybody does their proper job. The oath is the 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 eagle, not the hamster, inside the eggshell. We have lost the concept. We actually believe that there's not a baby in mommy's tummy until it cries and you can hear it. We actually, you know, people actually believe that the same as they believe that you can't drive without permission from the state. They believe that you can't go out in your back 40 and shoot a turkey and eat it to feed your family unless you get permission from the federal landowner. Wait a minute. The fuel system disappeared a long time ago, except it didn't. It just changed names. It's a blooming chameleon. And it's up to you, folks. Do it or don't. It's not about getting permission to live free. It's about living free, all of us doing it, not talking about it. I don't know. I don't think the people have the will, Phil. Well, the people may not have the will, but I I constructed this whole plan and strategy here is that we, we may be in the crowd backing up and screaming again as we usually do, that these bills need to be looked at and and, uh, made into law. But we are not going to be the driving force this time. It is going to be up to the sheriff's department to say, hey, look, folks, we are the responsible. Go ahead. If they have the stomach for it, that's what will happen. Yeah, and and it comes back to to the stomach. But see, part of the strategy is this is the sheriffs are going to have to say, we don't believe in our job, we don't believe in ourselves, we don't believe in the Constitution. This is something they're going to have to say. Because if they don't back it up, they have no choice. We're back to that again. 
They've taken the oath. If you don't want to do this, quit your job and let somebody else take it over who does. And I'm On sure there's note, a lot of people out there. That's the that's the end note. If you don't like your job, quit. If you don't like what it's supposed to be, if you don't like the law, quit. Let somebody else do it that will. Very good. Good. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. I, you, this is going to get interesting. We'll, uh, we'll bring you up to date as we uh, hear back from sheriffs and law enforcement and whoever else weighs in on this, folks. Uh, this is going to get interesting. You've done a great job with this, putting the uh, onus on them to recover their own authority. Pretty good. Very good. We'll see what happens. Okay. We got to get out of here. Uh, Northern Maine Landman's coming right up behind us on the Constitutional Radio Network. Don't forget the folks that support us Natural Living Center, great big health food store in Bangor on Longview Drive. They've got a super supplement department, huge, probably the largest in the state. They have good folks that will help you to uh, find the stuff you need and make some uh, better decisions for your health and wellness. They've also got great produce and all kinds, soup and nuts, everything you can possibly imagine, and a few other things too. Stop in, say hello, Natural Living Center, Longview Drive in Bangor. And in Caribou, John Caven. John sells the perfect vacuum cleaner and services the rest. Give him a call. John will send you vacuum cleaner bags any place in the country or internationally, I suppose. So give him a call. 207-492-1492, 207-492-1492, John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. And don't forget, coming up here real soon, February 28th, this old-timer is going to have to get in the water for the folks at Camp Capella, do a little swim. We're doing a fundraiser. We've got to raise some money. That's a great organization, Camp Capella, right there uh, in Lucerne. I think the lake is Phillips Lake. Is it Phillips Lake? I think that's what it is. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be there on the 28th. You can cheer me on or throw rocks at whatever. Throw money. Throw money if you want to see me get frigid and cold and don't like me a whole lot. I hate cold water. Um, turn up. Throw some money at it. We need some support. They, uh, they do a, a super job for kids with disabilities. Thanks for being with us today, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you on the radio. There'll be a little pause as I'm trying to switch things around here. Hopefully, I'll do it without too much uh, craziness. But uh, here you go. Have a great day. See you on the radio. There's a battle going on. A war for your soul with the devil's deal. It's mind control. They want you to believe that you have no hope. They count it on the side that you are a Well, they tell you the rules, tell you what to see. They know that you don't question, they know that you don't read. They play your life for way too long. It's time to know right from wrong, no matter what. They told you all, fortune that you cannot make wrong. The case law and they have a bird of ball Because courts cannot make law Courts cannot make law Courts cannot make law The case law and they have a bird of ball Because courts cannot make law Congress makes the laws and the courts make none That's in the Constitution, get the Article 1 Look it up, read the words, use your own two eyes Know it well among the spots, have it memorized Tell your children, tell your mama, tell your family Tell your friends, tell your neighbors if you wanna be free You won't learn the truth in the government school It's up to you to know no matter what We told you all
WXME AM 780 Monticello Holton Prescott Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.